0: Curtis Lewa! Curtis Lewa! Rip and Reed. Check this out. Bro. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about- now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I Never graduated any school that I went to, not elementary school, not PS-114 or St. Matthews. never occurred to me that there was a graduation. You know, now they got the moving on up ceremonies. Then I went to Bill C. Junior High School in Canarsie, three-year SP, only stayed two, so didn't graduate to go on to high school, Canarsie High School of South Shore. Instead, ended up going to Brooklyn Prep. Didn't graduate there because, as you know, Rico Radabali, substituting for Justin Alec, who's actually been at WABC, believe it or not, longer than yours truly, 35 years. They kicked me to the curb, uh, shined their shoots on my boots uh, on my backside, the Jesuits did, and I never looked back in my senior year, 1972. So I have no way to identify with this. None. I need help because I'm having a feeling when graduation ceremonies are starting to take place in May and early June and even the latter part of June, the part of the celebration uh, of the graduated will be songs, sung up on the stage before the certificates are given out to the undergrads. What do they call them? Overgrads? Uh, You know... What do they call them? PhDs. You know, all those those acronyms. And I just have a feeling that this will be one of the songs at this year's graduation of Columbia, NYU, Cooper Union, and even some of the high schools. From the river to the sea. I could easily see that maybe schools would adopt that as their school fight song, right? Push all the Jews into the sea or make them vacate the Boca Raton but get them the hell out of what they call Palestine that I can't even find on the map except when you go to the um, Arabian Gulf, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, they have a picture of Palestine, not Israel, but I digress. Let's start yesterday with the walkout that transpired in uh, some of our high school, public high school campuses and elite private schools. Let's start first with the uh, girls' public high school called Brooklyn Urban Assembly Institute of Math and Science for Young Women. Now, how do they get that on their jersey when they're playing basketball, right? Do they start in the front Go on the side and then finish in the back. The Brooklyn Urban Assembly Institute of Math and Science for Young Women. I I, I don't know. They, they come up with these names that are like endless. Whatever happened? The Washington Irving High School, right? That was all girls right down 14th Street. Come on. Wolcott. I mean, we could go down the line. Uh, it's got to be multisyllabic. It's got to involve almost every uh, study that the kids don't take because they have failing grades, because in this case, they were gold bricks, slackers, deadbeats, and decided they weren't going to go to school. They were truants. And they marched out of this school, got on that L train, lousy line train, got off at 14th Street Union Square, uh, ended up assembling there, and then walked down to Washington Square Park. Isn't that where all the radicals go? And they joined their brothers, sisters, transgenders, and who the hell knows who else in solidarity at bashing Israel, bashing Jews, promoting Palestinians, singing that song? Can I hear that song again, please? Uh, a chorus of that that they've now memorized uh, from demonstration to demonstration. Let me hear that. From the river to the sea. Yeah, I mean, I ask these uh, young adults all the time when I hear them singing it, it's like, well, if in fact that occurs, what happens to the Jews? Are they able to stay there? Are they forcibly removed? Do you drive them into the sea? Do you kill them or do you force them into exile into Boca Raton, like, uh, uh like Napoleon was in exile in Elba? Planning to return from Boca Raton. I mean, once you get to Boca Raton, you're never going to get them back to go to Israel and do Alia. But anyway, let me not digress. So these high school students had these handwritten signs. And no doubt assisted by the faculty of the UFT needs to be a major investigation into the union of failed teachers. Because the faculty walked out with these girls Uh, or men identifying as girls. I have no idea who who comprised, but there was about a good 30 of them. And they held up signs that said, please keep the world clean. Okay, that's good. Uh, You know, if this was Earth Day, we want to clean up all the trash, the flotsam and jetsam, get the plastic out of the the seas, right? No, no, no. Uh, The sign said, please keep the world clean above the blue star of David that was stuffed into a garbage can. Um, Is that a subliminal way calling for the eradication of Israelis, of Jews? Seems that way to me. And then the uh, teachers, probably who are card-carrying members of Antifa, like quite a few of them are, total anarchists, we're telling the kids before they left school, they broke out of school to join this demonstration against Jews in Israel and the United States to mask up because they didn't want to be doxxed. They didn't want anyone to ever through photo recognition technology be able to know who they are. So they put the shmanta on their head. They got the, uh, the Palestinian kafir, the Arabic kafir around their neck. And they they have statements like justice is our demand. No peace on stolen land. Settlers and settlers go back home. I guess that's to uh, Brooklyn, Ocean Parkway, uh, uh, to Midwood, to Flatbush, to uh, Queens, you know, Forest Hills, Rego Park. Settlers, settlers go back home. Palestine is ours alone. And they have these memories to memorize. It's like I guess this is their homework. You see, wrong way, Lou Ruffino, we used to have homework, right? You go home and do your lessons, and most of us sometimes we would purposely leave our books at school and claim we didn't have our books to do our homework, and the teacher would give us an F, whether it was a snap quiz or a test or whatever. We couldn't get over. But these kids have it drilled into them by their teachers. Now, imagine their teachers left school with them, card-carrying members of the Union of Failed Teachers, Members of Antifa teaching these kids to join these demonstrations and to hold up signs that said, please keep the world clean above the blue star of David in a garbage can. We know what that is. Not far from there, between um, Union Square Park, 14th Street and Washington Square Park, if you walk on Astor Place, take the number six train to Astor Place, you come up, you see that revolving cube, and across the street is Cooper Union. It's a school of great prestige, started in 1859. It was a place that Abraham Lincoln came in 1860 and made a very famous speech in advance of him winning the Republican nomination for the presidency. Uh, he was not the candidate at that time. It was a brand-new party. And he gave, for the very first time, his views on slavery. Very, very famous location. Most people go there to be architects, and for many, many years, as a private college, uh, the tuitions were paid by an endowment. I think that has since changed, especially since recently they've uh, they've totally wigged out. Uh, there was an adjunct professor who had been teaching at Hunter College recently, and. Some of the students uh, in the lunchroom area and the uh, lounge had a table out. They were pro-lifers. They had some uh, uh, pamphlets. Uh, and she came up to them and told them to get the hell out of there. She chopped their heads off. And naturally, the kids left. A New York Post reporter uh, tracked her down to her home in the Bronx, knocked on her door to get a comment. And psycho lady, uh, her name is Rodriguez, came out with a machete. Remember, she tried to chop off that guy, uh, that New York Post, uh, that New York Post, uh, guy's head, you know, like she was, uh, practicing to be a jihadist, a member of Hamas, uh, you know, just, uh, ISIS, Al Qaeda. And we thought for sure she would never get a teaching position again, right? Wrong. Recently hired by who? Cooper Union. Probably had her machete on her because apparently yesterday on this walkout of college campuses, uh, for Palestine, you know, from the river to the sea. Palestine must be free. Uh, some of these young huckleberries started rampaging through the hallways of Cooper Union, trapped some of the Jewish kids in the library. Of course, where would the Jewish kids be? The library. And the kids were terrified. They're banging on the door. Maybe they were led by this uh, psycho um, adjunct professor Rodriguez. Fired by Hunter College only to be hired by Cooper Union makes sense. They try to break in the door. Rampaging through. Now, this brings me back to my point. There was a time this all occurred also in the 60s and the 70s. All throughout Brooklyn, and I remember growing up, Jews were getting picked on. Um, Thugs would go up to Jews, snatch their yarmulkes, uh, throw it around like frisbees, knock them down, taunt them beat the living daylights out of them, and then all of a sudden an organization came about, uh, the JDL. Every Jew at 22, I mean, uh, our own Sid Rosenberg has been sounding like that. You imagine if they were breaking in that door looking like Jack Nicholson in The Shining or like uh, the movie uh, Halloween or Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and one of these kids was strapped and then just shot him, right? What'd be wrong with that? They're breaking in because they want to do harm to the Jewish students. Oh, heavens to Betsy. No, you can't do that. You can't. Why? Why? The police weren't protecting these Jewish kids. Whatever security they have at Cooper Union wasn't protecting them. And the kids will hunker down in the library. Hey, Jews, you're on your own. It's time to revive the JDL. Every Jew at 22. You got to protect your own because who the hell, who the hell else is going to protect you? Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Slewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Who is the man that would risk his neck for his rubber man? Can you dig it? <laughs> Who's the cat that woke up? That's all about right on. Listen, this cat shaft is a bad mother. I'm done, my shaft. He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. My sitting shiver for the passing. And really, the very first black exploitation uh, star, Richard Roundtree, has shattered. Remember the theme song sung by Isaac Hayes of Stax Record right out of Memphis, who eventually went on to become a Scientologist, and he's no longer with us, so we sit shiver. For Richard Roundtree. But what a lot of people don't know, when this movie came out in 71, it was the first of many other black exploitation films to follow. But probably the best of what I saw. I mean, at one point, you could go to the Deuce, 42nd Street, Times Square. And depending on what you wanted to see that day, three kung fu flicks of Run Run Shaw for $5. You know, with the uh, old guy flying up in the air, doing reverse uh, uh, kicks and... Uh, just throwing punches, you know, like uh, 100 feet in the air. You're tired of that. Or you could see three black exploitation films, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. So I liked Shaft the best. Then there was Superfly TNT, and you had Curtis Mayfield singing the soundtrack. Unfortunately, he died when a stanchion hit him uh, in a wind gusts when he was performing for Marty Markowitz, the old uh, empresario, the Brooklyn Borough President. And where was that? In, uh, right there in uh, Empire Boulevard at the football field where they, he used to put on his free concerts. Poor guy was paralyzed, passed away from that. And then, of course, it was sweet Pack. So uh, I would see three black exploitation films on the deuce for five dollars. And the brothers would be in the audience talking all kinds of trash like they were in the Run Run Shore, Kung Fu movies. And they'd be pulling pistols out, threatening to shoot whoever was up on the uh, uh, on the big screen and then run out the door. But that was then, this is now. A lot of people don't realize that when Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, was elected to the state senate, his first elected position, after being a police officer, he had fashioned his look after Richard Roundtree, because he had that mustache, that dark mustache. He had the uh, leather coat. You know, he was always suited down, always gq down, although at that time I think he was going to uh, A.J. Lester and Harlem on 125th. He wasn't getting his suits customized, or maybe he was going to Superfly TNT right there on Picking Avenue and Brownsville, but he was always suited down. And this was his calling card in many... In many ways, just like Shaft. Show me the money. (laughs) Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Just like uh, Richard Roundtree talked about his character Shaft, he said he is a black man who has for once been a winner. And this is what Eric Adams fashions himself as. A winner at everything he does. By any means necessary, he will say whatever he has to say. He will be manic depressive. One minute he's up, next minute he's down. And he gives us all vertical because he gives him an opportunity to pivot and shift out of the many difficult situations that he gets himself into, which means us, and then we have to end up paying the price. So you remember it was about a little more than a month ago, Woe is me, oy vey, oy vey, he announced that this migrant situation of having, oh, 400, 600 a day coming into the Port Authority that would have to go to the Roosevelt Hotel to be uh, checked in and then outsourced into the surrounding boroughs or even upstate and parts where uh, he could bamboozle local officials into getting their own kickbacks, uh, by having a contract to house uh, illegal aliens. Remember how he was all desperate and like d- saying, this is it. It's, it's over, my friend. It's over. This issue will destroy New York City, destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. Yeah, Uh, that was uh, more than a month ago. It was over. And he consistently says this every time he speaks at a black Baptist church on a Sunday. He likes to brag at the fact that he is an incompetent human being, which he proves incredibly each and every day. It's like he's in a nosedive. Uh unfortunately, we're along for the ride, and this is the one time I concur with him implicitly. You are watching an incompetent person turn in a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. And we do. I think we universally all accept the fact that he is a complete incompetent. Not very bright. He can't even go off topic uh, at a press conference. He can only do that once a week, and he has to spend the entire week preparing for it, you know, as as if he's preparing for a debate. You know, it's like a simple series of questions that reporters have a right to ask on behalf of all of us. Only once a week now. So yesterday was on a Hispanic language station. I don't know, Rick, uh, Rick uh, Rich uh, Radabali, if he was using the new technology that we paid for for him, another one of his toys. You know, first it was the drones. Then it was Robbie Robot at Times Square Station patrolling the subway uh, uh, platforms who nobody has seen. Uh, and then next, uh, the AI, artificial intelligence, would translate whatever he says into like 38 different uh, languages. So he did a interview on the Spanish language station, and I guess he assumed that they were all stupid, do not because he repeated what he had said months before, this time to a Spanish speaking audience about how houses of worship have to do their part in housing illegal aliens. Now, it turns out that he had said exactly this about two and a half, three months ago with a lot of uh Pump and ceremony, uh, he had announced that he wanted houses of worship. That meant mosques, churches, storefront churches, uh, shuls, uh you name it, synagogues. Whatever house of worship existed to take in illegal aliens, a maximum 19, uh, but they could take a few. And, in fact, he would actually compensate them for doing that since it's now costing us about $400 a day to take care of an illegal alien, whether they're a man, woman, or child, or elderly. $400 a day. He would say, hey, you know what? If you take the illegal aliens into your house of worship, we'll give you $125 per day, per diem, per person. Not a bad deal, he thought. Well, it turns out three months later, only two churches took him up on that, Pentecostal, Evangelical, Spanish churches, Spanish-speaking churches in the Bronx. No one else. Now, Al Slim Shady Sharpton and his storefront church, right, or whatever you want to call that on 145th, uh, right before you take the bridge uh, over the Harlem River to Yankee Stadium, Uh, Al Slim Shady Sharpton has taken none. Bupkis, you have our own Reverend A.R. Bernard who Has this mega church right where East New York meets Canarsie on Flatlands Avenue and Pennsylvania Avenue in the shadow of Starrett City, built on top of the old Lucchese chop shops there, the junkyards in which they buried a lot of their murder victims underneath. I have no idea if they'll ever, ever dig them out. The point being is, he's got a mega church there, Reverend Al Bernard. You can hear him every Sunday morning, seven to eight before John Katsimatidis and his great roundup of guests that always are making news. So uh, Reverend A. R. Bernard, is on uh, from 7 to 8 Sunday with his partner, Rabbi Joe Potashnik. They're always at City Hall. They're always kissing the tuchus of uh, Mayor Adams. Uh, both their lips are sealed on his tuchus. And Reverend A. R. Bernard is not taking in one. Not one. In a mega church that houses 5,000 of his congregants. Then, of course, there's Rabbi Joe Potasnik. Uh, he has his synagogue, his shul in Brooklyn Heights. Very liberal, very progressive in the Heights. You know that. Uh, he won't even take in one. And then they got uh, 40 of these big mockers, these self-appointed uh, rabbis who are consiliaries to the mayor on religious matters. None of them have taken any. He he had a, uh, a day of uh, religious... Uh, uh, support of the state of Israel that never manifested itself under the tent, a Gracie mansion where he won't hire, uh, excuse me, he will not house illegal aliens, but under the tent, he had the imams, he had the pastors, he had priests, he had rabbis, he had them all. Now it turns out only two churches are housing illegal aliens. And getting $125 a night. And he's saying uh, to the public, he's saying, I'm going to have to ratchet that up since we're paying $400 a night. If we put them up in a no-tell motel holiday Inn, without the express, maybe I should pay them more. Maybe more of them will do it. It ain't going to happen. Do as I say, not as I do. Let's start with Al Slim Shady Sharpton. How many illegal aliens is he going to house in his storefront? It's not even a church of the National Action Network. He doesn't have a church except a soapbox on the corner of Atlantic Avenue and Fourth Avenue in downtown Brooklyn. That was always his church. But let him house a few in his storefront. You see, it's all nonsense. Then he's probably going to revive or resurrect his other crazy idea, which was to convince all of you that if you take an illegal alien into your house, uh, and you, uh, Care for them. You get sixty eight dollars uh, a day, sixty eight dollars a day, which beats four hundred dollars a day at a no motel holiday and express. This is a disaster. And now we have posted for all to see our crack uh, news director. Normally, it's the first to have drone photos. This is what our um, rebels have uh, acquired at Floyd Bennett Field. Go to tent city at wabcradio.com. You will see four completed tents, huge tents, on runway 19 with another three to be built. You can see all the paraphernalia tucked off into the side. They want to have seven tents up. The goal is eventually to house 7,500 single able-bodied young men of military age with nowhere to go and nothing to do. Uh, with obviously the Vespas and the motorbikes and the e-bikes as they'll go back and forth and then race up and down Flatbush Avenue towards King's Plaza in Brooklyn and over the Gil Hodges Bridge into the uh, Irish Riviera. And this is the Adams plan. He says he's going to send in women and children probably starting this weekend. It's all a ruse because legal aid is going to block them and say you can't house them in tents, which is the law. So then he's going to throw his hands up and say, you know, I really tried. I really tried, but now i got to send single-able body men. Now, you would think the elected officials who represent that area, Republicans and Democrats, would have done something to, like, try to block him. Uh, and you have Joanne Ariola, worthless uh, city councilwoman uh, on the Queen's side, Republican, and then uh, Jamie Williams, who is like all of a sudden her her teammate, the Democratic assemblywoman. And they've tried to do these two different demonstrations. Oh my God! In effect, barely anyone turned out. More cops than demonstrators. And then last night, I'm looking at it says from six to nine they're going to have a demonstration outside of Floyd Bennett Field. I said, okay. I think it's a mistake because let's see if they bring in women and children. You don't want to be seen uh, picketing William and children. It turned out about a 100, better than the last time when they only had 25. And then at 7.15, uh, the queen of mean, Joanne Ariola shows up and says, that's it, no more demonstration, go home, you know, it's too dangerous. What the? My God. step aside, politicians. You don't know what the freak you're doing. Leave this to me and the Rebels. That's why tonight you want to come on out because i got to move out rápido. This will be the second town hall meeting hosted by Sid and yours truly, Curtis Lewa. Sid, it may be Medza Medza Poco Poco, about 50-50, at the Knights of Columbus Council, which is uh, right at 3051 Nostrand Avenue. It's where Nostrand Avenue meets Quentin Road. It's down the block from Madison High School. Be there at 7 o'clock. And I'm going to lay it all out. Lawyers step aside. Politicians step aside. All you're doing is make Eric Adams laugh. Say, look at these crackers out there. (laughs) Look at them. They're inept. They're incompetent like me. Can I hear that incompetent cut one more time about Eric Adams? Maybe I should apply it to them. Let's see. You are watching an incompetent person turning a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. Yeah, and he realizes he's got other Republicans and Democrats who are incompetent, too. Hey, politicians, move out of my way. Clear the lane. I've helped close eight migrant centers. I believe with everyone's help we can close Floyd Bennett Field. But we got to get those politicians out of the way. And Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Hallelujah. 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 Well, well, at some point yesterday in the afternoon, I looked up at the big screens and I saw flashing the Republicans in the House have elected a Speaker of the House of Representatives, and I looked at all of them assembled on the steps leading up to the Capitol. And, uh, Richard Abali, did they use the whiteout? I mean, the optics were horrible. All I saw were, like, bleached-out white people standing around this guy of no consequence. Never heard of him. Nobody ever did. Nobody knew this guy except to also, he's wonderful. He's been a great colleague. He's an evangelical. MJ. MJ, what, Michael Jackson? I have no idea who this guy is. And anybody who says, even some of our folks here, oh, we know who he is. Listen to John Katsimatidis, who knows everybody. You never heard of this guy. This guy's probably down in the bayou doing hillbilly hand fishing or wrestling alligators, all right? I mean, come on, this is it. Nobody knew this guy, and then all of a sudden, I saw the guy with the beard, Mike Lawler there, oh my God, and he was talking oh yeah, it's a great a great day, and I'm saying to myself, uh, well wait a second, his very dear buddy, Jamal Bowman, just got hit with a misdemeanor account for pulling the fire alarm in the house. In one of those votes, right? A misdemeanor account. And he's on Fox News this morning, told that's right, Jamal Bowman. Lock him up to a way to keep. Meantime, the other day, last Friday, he's on a private jet flying back to Westchester County Airport, sitting side by side with Jamal Bowman, member of the squad, the only male member they allow because he submitted himself to castration. He's a combination of a capon, a castrated rooster and a gelding. And he does whatever AOC says. Hate Israel, yes. Hate Jews, yes. Yeah, I hate them. And here's Mike Lawler today condemning him. I mean, swapping Smith with a big smile on his face as he took the selfie and he posted it on his own Twitter account. And the other day, Sid Rosenberg hammered him. That guy in the street doesn't know the exact relationship between you and Bowman. They see a picture of you two smiling on an airplane about to land in Westchester, and they go, hold on a second, he's friends with him? I mean, at the very least, at least admit to me right now that in a feeble attempt at humor, given the chance to do that all over again, you would never do that. That was a major mistake. Well, I certainly wouldn't smile in the photo. What a schmuck, what a putz, what a schmendrick, what a pish. I certainly wouldn't smile. That's why you can't believe any of these politicians, Democrats or Republicans. They scream, they holler in front of the microphones, and then they're hugging one another. and They're talking about how they can get wine-dined and pocket-lined by lobbyists. Meantime, I noticed, uh, Rich Rotterballi, thank you for the schedule of the mayor. Uh, I don't have access to it, but I see he was very busy yesterday in the middle of this crisis about the illegal aliens that he has welcomed into our city, the invasion. He was raising the flag of Kazakhstan. This guy couldn't find Kazakhstan on a map. I don't think he went to see the Borat movie, Remember Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. How many Kazakhstan dollars did he get to do that? And then last night... He was cutting a blue ribbon like a borough president would at the Empire Steakhouse. No, not the one here on the east side, the one on the west side. You would think this guy has more important things to do than raise the flag of Kazakhstan, not the American flag, a flag of a country he can't even find on a map, and cutting another blue ribbon, which is about all that Mayor Adams ever does as long as he gets wine, dine, and pocket line. Who'll be there to cut your blue ribbon and your next restaurant opening? My God! He's horrible!